Welcome to the Notes with Friends podcast hosted by me, Jody Moore-Lewis, where I interview women artists, creatives, and entrepreneurs about little notes of life, courage, wisdom, love, and curiosity. Excited for you to join the chat. Holy moly, episode two, here we go. (laughs) Thank you so much to all of those who reached out about episode one, just the podcast in general, definitely Makes me feel good, strokes the ego a little bit. Don't hate that, sometimes willing to admit it. (laughs) And luckily I have my mic. I'm recording in my actual, not in my car this time. So that's exciting. That's an upgrade, you know, moving on up with podcast. So that's cool. I'm also going to plug the show again the be home theater company show we have four nights friday april 28th saturday april 29th and friday may 5th and saturday may 6th at two roads theater in studio city if you're in los angeles we'd love to have you we have some amazing actors that are working including myself and we're just really excited our our show in december was so fulfilling And we sold out, and so we're doing it for four nights this time. If you didn't get to make it in December, please, this is your chance. You can come. If you did make it in December, it's a brand new show, brand new scenes, a lot of familiar faces and some new faces. Uh, Faces? Faces. (laughs) Also, another way you can keep up with me is my newsletter. It's my mostly monthly newsletter. I don't write all the time. I would like to write more, but right now the podcast and the show is taking precedent as it should. You can sign up on my Substack to for just musings and happenings on the process and life, and that's more geared toward my story. But this podcast is geared towards women's stories, and this week I had the pleasure of interviewing a dear friend of mine, Nalini Sharma, who is another one that hails from the Marjorie Ballantyne studio who I get to witness work every week and bear her soul and her acting chops and y'all this girl is not just funny and witty she's also deep and honest and truthful and present and I learned so much from her I feel like this is more of It's not just a conversation that's ahead of you. It's also like a show. I feel like you're getting a free comedy show. I definitely felt like I did. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Nalini Sharma is an actress, writer, and comedian. She is premiering her absurdist theater clown solo show, Until Death, at the Edinburgh Fringe in August 2023, a play she co-wrote premieres at the New Ohio Theater in New York City in May 2023. Oh my gosh, that is just around the corner. And is a recent fellow of the Blacklist and Women in Film Episodic Lab. She can be seen on several TV, film, and commercials, and you can follow her on IG for all the updates. She also recently was in The Rookie as a guest star. All of that is also reiterated at the end of the show. Without further ado... Here is the super fun and talented Nalini Sharma. We're recording. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> Little do y'all know, like, Nalini has been here for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Drinking wine. 
So this podcast is going to be especially juicy. <laughs> I love it, like our wine. <laughs> I know, it is really juicy. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, I am beyond happy to be here. Yes, <laughs> and here I mean in person, we're in person, and that's really fun and exciting. And yes. Nalini and is... Such an amazing actress and writer and friend, and I'm incredibly honored to have her on my little podcast. (laughs) So um, let's just kind of start with where you're from and kind of how you got into being a creative person. Ooh. Yeah, an artist. (laughs) I know, it's a long journey, but we'll get there. (laughs) Okay, you want the short version? Whatever you want to give us. Okay, great. I'm so <laughs> glad you didn't do, like, <laughs> I was on an interview once where the lady just read my long ass, bi- can I swear? Yes, Okay, please, my long fucking swear. ass bio before we started the interview on air. And she just read it. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> do you need me anymore? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I guess we're done. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I feel like an asshole like a douchebag because I have so many like I just gave her a list of my credits I thought she would like edit she didn't anyway no this about you I don't need to hear myself talk (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so how did I become a creative it was a bit of an evolution actually yeah I didn't know I was until quite late um I would say late in like I guess Hollywood terms um but I feel like in artist terms, not really. In artist terms, you know, anytime you get a creative bloom, that's your creative bloom. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in, my childhood I spent in India on like naval bases. My dad was in the Navy. So we moved around a lot. And um, I was, you know, I think it was during that time because my brother... Um, wasn't born, he's like five years younger, and um, I spent a lot of time like alone (laughs) as a kid in India, as you do, (laughs) (laughs) and my parents were very kind of, they're very free-spirited, so they let me kind of roam around, which I don't know if it's the safest thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like roam around like the neighborhood? Yeah, I mean everywhere, (laughs) and like I literally like grew up, I mean I joke about this that I was raised by an untrained Doberman, but I kind of was. (laughs) That was our first dog, and my dad, you know, was in the Navy most of the time, and he was at sea a lot, and my mom was so busy with my brother, so it was just like me and... My dog. What was your dog's name? Bonzo. Bonzo. You and Bonzo. <laughs> me and Bonzo. Thick as thieves. Thick as thieves. There's literally a picture of me like naked and him like naked, obviously. Dogs are naked all the time. <laughs> like, are they? <laughs> actually, maybe not on the Upper upper East Side in Manhattan, but uh, in India, yeah, they are. And so was I. There's like a picture of me and like Bonzo like standing next to me, just like, <laughs> like really like... I don't know, like, bros. <laughs> just taking on the world. Yeah, just taking on the world. And this was in Cochin, in India, um, on the naval base. And, okay. And, uh, yeah, he used to, like, chase snakes. So I used to go around chasing snakes with him. And, like, yeah, I was a wild, lonely kid. <laughs> does my work make sense to you now? <laughs> it does. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, I feel like now, when I created, like, that solo show, I was like, the show makes sense to me because it makes sense, you know, the way I was sort of there. 
Um, and we'll get into her solo show in a minute. It was brilliant. But that was one of the things that I was telling people, uh, like our teacher, Marjorie, I was like, you get to see Nalini's brain on display and it's so cool because like how you think and create and weave in, Mm -hmm. like it felt like you. Yeah. And it was so fun to see, but we can get there in a minute because we're still with Bonzo in India. Bonzo in India. That's right. Yeah. Um. I mean, I love my family. They're pretty great. But, you know, we're all just living. Um, they're trying to make it. And we're, you know, um, having, I'm trying to get through the day, I guess. Trying not to get bit by a snake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, Bonzo died from a snake bite. Oh, yeah. Bonzo, rest I in peace. Know. I'm so sorry. R.I.P. That must but have been tragic. he was doing he loved, he loved it. loved it. <laughs> and then you moved to the States somewhere with even more snakes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we spent, like, we moved around in a few cities in India. And then, you know, uh, kind of we followed the, I guess is a traditional route to come to America. Like, for higher education, for a better life, that kind of thing. Because the Navy life wasn't cutting it for my dad. Um and so, yeah, um, and I think, you know, now it's been a long road uh, for our entire family, but we're really happy here, you know. We've kind of built our own little version of Little America type thing, but now, you know. Right. Um, so we moved here, a few small towns where, my like, my dad went to school. Where my dad was, we kind of followed him, and then we settled in Atlanta. So we settled in Georgia, um, and then I was pursuing pre-med and medicine at the time, and then after I graduated, uh, now, mind you, in South India, um, culturally, the girls, and the boys, I think, but especially the girls, are put into music and dance at a very young age. It's just every family. Um, it's a South Indian thing. Cool. Mostly. I mean, maybe North Indian, but not my dad's side. <laughs> my mom, my mom's South Indian, but... So, so your dad's North Indian, then? Yeah, okay. my dad's North Got Indian. It. My mom's South Indian. So it was a very, um, uh, what do you call it? A scandalous marriage. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, they're insane. No, they're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and anyway, my mom, you know, was a really wonderful dancer. Um, she was super talented and my mom is a very talented artist herself. And so she kind of got me into the music and dance at a very early age. And I really loved it. Um, I don't think I was the most disciplined mm-hmm. and that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was just one of those like lost boys. I really do relate to Peter Pan and the lost boys. I'm just a wild child. <laughs> I was just like out there and um so I couldn't really like I didn't never went into it like hardcore but coming back after college I was like uh again not wanting to commit to medicine (laughs) being like let me just go to India and study music mom (laughs) can I just do that for like a year and then I'll come back and all the kids are taking a year off anyway (laughs) and it's very American to do that so I can do that (laughs) And they're like, okay, fine. What do you want? You want to go back to India and study what? I was like, classical music, like I had done when I was a kid. Um, so I went to India, and I went to study with a guru. 
of this famous Indian classical South Indian music musician family called Lalgudis. Um, and I studied voice for nine months with this teacher. Wow. Yeah. And I really, really, I mean, I have to be disciplined because they don't allow non-discipline. Um, they just don't allow it. And it was a very, like, strict guru shiksha, which means mentor-mentee relationship. And it was a relationship of servitude in return for their, you know, teachings. So servitude in the sense very light. I'm not, like, you know, out there brooming and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was paying them, so yeah, I didn't have very, to do that. A very different uh, workshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> very uh, different <laughs> class situation. Glad you were okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, like, made her, like, coffee once in a while, and she did not like the way I made it, so she stopped asking me to make it. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> Do you like the way you make coffee? I love diner coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I literally just put it in a thing. And... Gotcha. So, I, now I see why she did not like yeah, your coffee. <laughs> she, yeah. And South Indian coffee is really good. It's, like, filter coffee. It's really good. Anyways, um... It was, yeah, it was an incredible experience. Um, in a way, it, um, it, it did sort of instill in me. I was like, oh, this is what art takes. Art takes so much discipline. Mm -hmm. um, and mastering an art form takes so much discipline. And I knew I had sort of, I really, 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 really loved that. And I came back and I was like, Mom, I can't do medicine anymore. I don't have the same, that thing. For, I don't have the discipline for it. Yeah. I don't want to study all day. Um, you know, I love reading. I love science. I was good at it. And, like, I love it as, like, taking in information. But as, a, like, a passion to master medicine. Like, I have friends who are doctors who love being doctors who love being physicians who love their job and I was like I don't have that love for it and uh early days it was a little resistance but because my mom because she was an artist and she didn't get a chance to pursue she was like go do whatever do it so I went to New York I got into Meisner I did a whole like two-year thing and then I did um theater downtown theater I was like a company member at this theater called the Flea Theater Company. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know Flea? I've heard of it. Yeah, it's downtown. It used yeah. to be. They or maybe you've mentioned it to me before and I'm maybe like, I oh have. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could have. I've heard this story. I have, This is the first time I've ever heard this. <laughs> yeah, pretend you've never heard this, Jody. You're an actress. So <laughs> why, Nolody? I don't drink on set. Hire me. I'm not a drunk. Um, <laughs> So so you went to study music, but what made you want to try theater when you went to New York? Was it just like an oh. idea that New York does theater? Like what made you segue into that? That's a good question. Um, well, because there wasn't much of a scene in the music, in the Indian <laughs> classical music thing. In, in... I would love to listen. You, I, after this, you'll have to recommend some. Okay. I can listen I to. Yeah. Um, and Okay, well that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and then I started performing, like, here and there locally in Atlanta, and I liked it. I liked it. I'll be honest. It's not like I was like, oh, yeah, this is it for me. But when I went to New York and I trained with Maggie Flanagan, it's all these fierce, short ladies that get you. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're like, I want to be like you and think yeah, like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she's the one who, she brought it out of me. She's mm. a my, Sandy Meisner's, um, one of her. Protégés. Yeah, protégés. Yeah. And uh, that program, and I studied with Maggie and <clears throat> Charlie. And yeah, that, she, yeah, she, they really brought my talent that I did not know I had out. I literally almost didn't even know that that is a talent I had until that. And I was like, holy moly. Wow. I have this. You mean like, this is me. This is how I am. (laughs) Like, this is, this is exactly where I belong. What an incredible feeling. Yeah, it was incredible. And uh, from there, though, to actually really coming into that talent, it's taken like over 10 years. Mm. Like the trust. I was talking about trust earlier with Jody when we were not on air. Um <laughs> Off the record. <laughs> Off the record. Um, no, but I didn't have the trust and I was going through some like, you know, personal things, relationships and all of those things and I was very insecure. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the belief system. And no matter what, like, like I was so talent, like quote unquote talented in that class that I remember like, you know, people being like, oh my God, you're so talented. You're going to get on a show like. Oh my God, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. one of those things. But I don't think I ever heard it. Mm. You know? Like, I don't think I ever took took it in. I, I just didn't even... And I don't know. I rebelled against the industry, like, in ways. I had all these limiting beliefs. I was just in my own goddamn way. Did you feel because of your later start that you had a bit of imposter syndrome? Do you think that had anything to do with it or? Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Probably a combination of everything. But all I knew is that I was capable of feeling things very deeply all the time. And I knew somehow that this was, this was it. Mm -hmm. This was the career that would allow me to do that what I do naturally every day and drive myself insane anyway. <laughs> <laughs> might as well make some money yeah, at it. <laughs> might as well. Might as well get a paycheck. But that paycheck didn't come for a long time. And I was like, why am I doing this? So you were rebelling against the industry. Were you still living in New York? Yeah. New okay. York didn't help. Okay. To be honest. I'm, I, it just wasn't a good match for me at the time. Um... You know, I've met some wonderful people, friends, and all of those things. Um, And I realized, I think, uh, also that New York, I never got a sense of the business of it. Mm. And in New York, it's just as much of business as it is in L.A. Yeah. In L.A., in New York, in fact, they put this whole, like, this is my humble, this is my opinion. Do not get mad at me for this. <laughs> My fellow New Yorkers, I know you're about to be mad at me for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lottie. <laughs> but I'm always like, uh, those theater 
actors are a business too. Come on. They're hiring stars too. Whatever. Very true. Yeah. Whatever brings in the paycheck. Yeah. And it's got, it's, I think it got worse. Like I think to me there was a time when I think when I was training with Maggie that off Broadway, you could go to an off Broadway show and not recognize any of the actors and holy moly. And like, you're blown away. You know what I mean? Wow. Because yeah. the playwrights, you know, there was this, like, um, I feel like in New York, there was this time when Off-Broadway was thriving with playwrights that were taking risks and, like, writing things that were incredible and actors, you know, American actors, you know? Yeah. Like, and you never saw them in TV or movies or anything, but they were, like, Off-Broadway stars or they were theater stars, you know? They, New York used to have that. And I think that has gone down. Um, anyways, but a lot has changed. Um, I feel like maybe other artists, theater people in mm-hmm. New York might feel the same sentiment that you do. Mm-hmm. But maybe not so... Well, I don't want to make, make generalizations. But I feel like that's how a lot of people feel. And I feel like that's a lot of people feel about the... TV and film industry. I mean, even TV. Like, mm-hmm. guest star roles. Yeah. We know them. Mm-hmm. It's really even hard to, like, break into that right now. It's, mm-hmm. like, an interesting... Yeah, celebrity... Yeah. Celebrity rules right now. It's hard to be yeah. the no-name artist. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's kind of... <clears throat> I hope we break out of that soon. And, you know, character actors come out again (laughs) yes the pendulum will always swing i believe but yes hopefully sooner than later because we need more nalini sharma oh well thank you (laughs) (laughs) promote this everywhere (laughs) just that sentence (laughs) not me shit talking theater (laughs) no i love theater yes you weren't shit talking you were just saying yes like Observing the trends. Observing the and trends. And through my point of view, because obviously, like, I definitely feel like I, you know, I've been a failure for so long that I don't even care. I say it. <laughs> <laughs> my parents don't like it when I say that, but <laughs> I have fully embraced my failuredom. <laughs> uh, I love it now. It's my gift. Um, I think it keeps you in reality and keeps you reaching and keeps you challenging yourself I think when you are in that place of where it's just constant wins like where's there to grow where's there to go next yeah um failure is good it's tough it's hurts Mm -hmm. but it's great yeah and um I kind of that's kind of why I wanted this podcast like to talk to women who inspire me Mm mm-hmm but I know they've gone through the fucking ringer. Yeah. <laughs> and that is also what is so inspiring. Yeah. Coming out the other side. So you did the theater thing. What was after that? Did you start like, because I know that you eventually got into TV. You had a few recurring roles. Yeah, and I did. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what was that journey like from doing the Meisner theater, bucking against the system. Yes. And to finally get, maybe giving into the system or. Yeah. I think like, uh, I, I know the exact moment because it was, there was a blizzard <laughs> and I was stuck in it. Okay. <laughs> and I literally flew in midair and landed against a pole and slid down like a fucking cartoon. Like, 
and was this on your motorcycle or were no, you no, walking? No, no, no. This was I was walking to my apartment. Oh, you were just walking to my okay. apartment in Brooklyn. There's a reason I brought up a motorcycle. Stay oh yeah, t- yeah. Stay tuned. Um, but okay, so you were just walking and no, you just like this was not injurious or anything. It was just like me being like, I cannot live in this city anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to make it this thing. Did you call a doctor? You're like, no, no I just left. <laughs> yeah. I literally got on a plane like three months later. I was like, I cannot live here. It's too cold. I'm not making enough money. I'm drinking all the time. <laughs> and I'm making really bad decisions <laughs> because I'm drinking all the time and I'm cold all the time. <laughs> I just wanted to be warm. Yeah. I literally just came to LA because I wanted to be warm. And I got it. <laughs> I got what I wanted. <laughs> it's as simple as that. The really, simple life. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, and I'm so grateful for New York. I think I got my chops there. Maggie, like, opened up, wow, my world into this world. And um, <clears throat> I'll always be grateful for her. Um And then moved out here. I started working, like, commercially and... Yeah, I think commercials have been um, steady. They became much more uh, prominent in the last couple of years, especially during the pandemic. They kind of saved my life financially. Um, and then, yeah, what was it? Then, of course, there was the pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when, when did you start getting into writing? Because ever since I met you, which was over the pandemic in 2021, you've yeah. to me, you've always been a writer and actor. But I feel like... Yeah. writing still means a lot to you just as much as you're acting in or am I assuming that yeah I yeah I have equal amounts of dread for both um <laughs> which means you fucking love it yes <laughs> truly that is what that means in our business <laughs> we are just masochists. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah before I act I'm thrown up before I write I'm just ugh need more wine yeah literally <laughs> literally I have to go home and write and I'm like yeah let me go to Jody's house for three hours first and get drunk <laughs> well I mean this is a professional setting oh so... I'm sorry I'm not drunk <laughs> I mean you can be drunk but I'm just saying like yeah no I've just only had half a glass of wine we're being professional yes we are and then <laughs> so... she's telling really great stories though I am you are I'm talking to the microphone like it's yeah. Like microphone do you hear her <laughs> <laughs> i'm not the one who's drunk <laughs> oh my god there's only episode two they're gonna yeah. be like is this what every episode's gonna be like jody okay you can cut this part out do we have to be silent for you to cut it out no okay no it's okay yeah um, <laughs> i don't know how editing works clearly <laughs> I'm not an editor. What do I want? Another career? <laughs> no, thank you. I have five careers already that I dread. <laughs> okay, so I won't ask if you can help with editing. Okay. Absolutely not. Oh, so pandemic. Mm-hmm. Pandemic and then I asked about writing. Yes, writing. Okay, so <clears throat> I did, in New York, I did start writing. Actually, it's come kind of full circle because I started writing with this company called Taya artistry um they have a philosophy based on insight art it's a really really cool cool um like arts program slash educational uh philosophy slash method of like digging deeper into the human condition 
and um, I had started writing for them. I was like, oh, I do really like writing. Uh, but it's been, when I moved out here, it was like on and off, on and off. Again, I think just me trusting myself, my, getting in my own way, all of those things I had to work through. And then finally, I think the pandemic sort of like kicked something else. For both your acting <clears throat> and your writing. Yeah. Okay, so now let's get, yeah. so the pandemic. Yeah, it was truly, um, I think two things happened. The year before the pandemic, my apartment burned down. Wow. Yeah. In studio. Where were you living? Studio, studio City. City. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty like, woo, what? Um, yeah, that was That's a, insane. D- did you have like, in- like, were you okay to like? I was okay. <clears throat> Just lost everything else. And then. Like <clears throat> all your possessions. Mm-hmm. Except for my laptop and a headshot that I managed to pull out of the fire because that's what (laughs) I have a really funny story about that I did it for like a year because every time people were like I heard you grabbed your headshot in the middle of a fire (laughs) I'm like god damn it just spreading this shit around word just went around the street they just go you were the girl who grabbed your headshot out of the fire I did yeah you know how people are like what would you grab if you were in the middle of a fire (laughs) I grabbed a headshot (laughs) and not even just my regular headshot like the headshot when I took when I was like 24 (laughs) and what's even funnier is it's all digital now (laughs) yeah it didn't even matter that fucking headshot is with some casting office at CBS probably or whatever that audition I had that day oh I was so I mean yeah I was in the apartment when the fire started so I was in the whole explosion and everything yeah it was like a barely I just escaped before everything went uh, exploded oh my god yeah the fire started on the wall and then like moved and then as soon as it hit the glass pane boom 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 and I just ran out yeah it was really scary and I you know it's so funny people think oh you'll rise out of the ashes right away or whatever you know what I mean like people mm-hmm. but time is funny and for me I guess I always have a pattern it just takes longer for me everything and now I know that and and that I knew I was processing for a while before I came out of it and then the pandemic happened and, and then, then how remind me again how many months this was one year or 2019 and yeah, yeah. jeez, 2019. Well, on did my you birthday. find a new? <laughs> yeah, I know. Wow. So, who did you stay with? How did you like? My friends. Oh, good, good friends. It, oh, I, that fire made me realize I am successful at one thing: is my community, and like my friends who I have, and like <clears throat> because I do love. I do give to my friends. I do. I, I love it. You know? Yeah. It's who I am. It's a part of me. And like, and I built that. And I'm proud of it. And I knew, and I was like, holy moly, the, the number of people that showed up for me. Uh, with that, with the fire, I was like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. But I, yeah. 
it's a give it's a it's both giving and receiving and and um I was so incredibly grateful for that and yeah that was that was intense and that was like <clears throat> okay I knew then that community is important and when things like that happen and your world just like goes away and boom like this and you're like holy shit what do I have what do I actually have I don't know. But then you do know. So. <laughs> I did not know that. Wow. Yeah. That's, I'm so glad that you're okay. And I'm so glad that you had a community to lean on during that because. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. then the pandemic happened. So were you still with living with friends at this point? Or were you able to like. No, I, I, I was able to <clears throat> move forward. Um, I got like help from um a friend of a friend who had a guest house and I stayed there and then who apparently um what's her name used to live there I don't know anyways and <laughs> famous and, person famous person celebrity Who's probably culture on, probably on Broadway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably on a sitcom um and then I was staying with another a couple friend of mine who's still friends and Tessa, of course, who used to, who I used to be really close with, and she's a wonderful, wonderful person, um, who's now moved away. Uh, oh, I miss that friendship. Yeah. Who is, um, which one's Tessa again? She and I had a duo together. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and even if friendships fall apart, you know, or like separate or, uh, you know, drift apart. It's okay, because that was the time for that, mm-hmm. you know. And <clears throat> it wasn't like a bad fallout. It was just a drift. And, but she still holds such a special place in my, right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pointing to my crotch. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what if I was? Because you don't know, do you? <laughs> Voiceover audience. <laughs> oh anyways i do comedy just kidding <laughs> uh, <laughs> um anyways so then what was i saying writing crotch um crotch, yeah well we were talking about you were saying kind of the pandemic opened up for your acting and your writing oh yeah yeah because first i had to die <laughs> <laughs> and slowly rebuild from the ashes slowly and then the pandemic came, so I really didn't get to rebuild. I actually died even further. I mm. died harder. And that I, I don't think I ever recovered from that fire fully. You know? So I think the pandemic just, you know, put me... I just... I did. I went into the dark ages. Creatively. Mm. I didn't have it in me. I just... My work was shit, you know? Um acting work was just blah whatever like I wasn't in it I wasn't free I wasn't living in my work which is what we kind of like thrive we love when that's why we're actors to be free um and yeah it was just awful and I knew I had to make like a big shift and and I could feel, like, all the years, you know, since I started this career, just kind of coming down on me, like, 
really facing myself in the mirror and being like, is this what you want to do? Because you better come out right now. Because this is a good time to leave, actually. This is a good time to quit. This is a great time to quit. It's a pandemic. You can go back home. You can move to Atlanta. You can live happily ever after. (laughs) (laughs) Or so they say. Yeah, you can meet a nice boy in Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they want to actually have a relationship there. (laughs) They want to get married down south. Believe it or not. That's what they teach you down there. Yeah, that's what they teach you, and I am with it. (laughs) And I was like, you go, you know, find a... I almost knocked the mic over. Um, I don't... This is a... It's kind of janky, but... That's right. Um... Nice. It's supposed to be a laptop uh, holder, but it does scare me every time my laptop's on it. Mm. Amazon Basics. Ah. <laughs> Did a commercial for Amazon once. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to that. Cheers to that. That paid the bills for a while. Um, janky stuff. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God, am I going to get in so much trouble if this ever airs publicly? <laughs> What do you think I'm doing? Not I don't know. This? I don't know where podcasts go. Okay, <laughs> to be honest, I don't understand podcasts. I've been a, a guest on a podcast so many times, and I don't know where they go. I don't know. Uh, is there like a little location? <laughs> and everyone's always talking about this podcast, that podcast I'm listening to, and I go to my phone, and I'm like, I don't fucking know where where I find podcasts. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. But... <laughs> okay yeah this is an anomaly i know i'm a comedian and i'm supposed to have my own podcast but i do not get it but i enjoy all my friends who do yeah you're like i'm just gonna talk yeah i'm just gonna (laughs) people ask questions and you talk (laughs) and it just goes into the other yeah i just keep it for myself to listen to like a weirdo what i think that everyone's doing just like sleeping at night (laughs) Listening to these podcasts. Sleep time stories. Um, No, I will show you where to find the podcast on your phone should you want to listen. Perfect, perfect. (laughs) It's probably called the podcast app. Probably. (laughs) Anyway, um, what was I saying? Um, Dead inside, yes. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, Basically, yeah. Basically. That's where we were at. Totally. And I was just kind of getting through life. You know, I also got COVID. That was pretty scary pre-vaccination Ooh, that was 21 days of fever all that stuff like just you know just mulching through life it life was just coming at coming hard. at me hard yeah yeah and <clears throat> you know so grateful for family good i mean yeah getting through that health thing and, and good health for the most part and you know so many like good things keeping us through it just getting through it but I did have to look in the mirror and be like okay either I do this and I better change the way I look at this like somehow because I don't know just this can't be this can't be it this is not what you were after when you were in that little studio in New York and like doing dark at the top of the stairs, you know, that people in my class still remember me doing it, you know. And 10 years later, what am I doing? I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but it's not really like, I'm not landing. 
<clears throat> you know, with mm-hmm. my two feet anywhere. And meanwhile, I'm looking at careers of these wonderful actors in Hollywood and in New York, and I'm like, gosh, they are, you know, exploring. They're getting a chance to explore. And I'm not putting myself in the stadium, you know? I got to be in the stadium. I want to be in the stadium. I want to be on the field (laughs) playing. Yeah. You know? I want to play. I want to play in this field. And I I don't know what I was, you know, what I've been doing, dancing around it, whatever. I'm not ready, all these blocks, limiting beliefs we talked about. Um, So I had to really just kind of really, really take stock. And a couple things had already come into my life at that point. Um, My reps had recommended Marge. Mm -hmm. So I had started like her Zoom classes or whatever. And I was like, oh, um, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot why I was an actor, you know? Yeah, as one does in the Marjorie Ballantyne class. Yes, Marjorie (laughs) Ballantyne. The second short, fiery woman in my life that has been crucial for my career and my life and my artistry. Uh, She woke me up. She was like, what? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) and then when I did the thing uh, I was like there I am again like what was the scene I did was it with AJ the first scene I did in class oh um, my thing of love my thing of love with the pimple yeah yeah brilliant oh my gosh brilliant I was so nervous I was so nervous because I was coming out of the Zoom class. And the Zoom class is its own thing. But that that class. Going back. In, yeah, mm-hmm. that was. We finally went back to the theater. We finally yeah. got back in person in 2021. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you were back on the stage for the first time. For and, the first time in so long. And it was under Marge, who I knew had the same bar as Maggie did. And this, a different route, Adler, Stella Adler, but still part of the American theater, like core theater makeup um and I was so nervous <laughs> I was terrified actually shaking but when I started the scene I couldn't stop and I I was like yeah <laughs> that's me <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah I know I literally was like saying to myself I was like oh my god there I am again and in the last, like, you know, few years, I had lost that completely. Just completely was gone. Because, you know, TV auditions and stuff sometimes don't have that that thing. And, I mean, they're wonderful. there's wonderful writing on TV, but you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we're mostly going out for co-stars and guest stars. So, mm-hmm. you know, you get totally. that writing as a series regular a little more. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't in get to really ways. sink your teeth into a role yeah, like you do in class. Yeah, they're not always like that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, anyway, yeah, that kind of was in play already. And I had also started clowning a little bit already. Um, yeah, you went to France yeah. to study clowning. Yeah. So, it was all kind of happened simultaneously. Like, I was facing my own kind of, like, crossroads. Should I quit? Should I? And my parents still don't know this, but I was 
my parents don't know this because <laughs> should they, I not let them listen to the podcast? <laughs> they can they can listen to it all they want. <laughs> now it's I'm unstoppable now. Um, <laughs> whether it's a train wreck or it's a straight train or it's a Harry Potter train, it's going somewhere. Um, <laughs> uh, so I yeah, it was all like cross search. Should I quit? Should I not? But Marge actually was like, you can't not be an actress. That's I remember her saying that to me. Anyway, that kind of, I was like, ah, okay, but, you know, whatever. It has to come from me. And then, um, and then clowning, I had started, and then it was on my bucket list to, you know, go study with Gaulier in France. He's like a master French clown. He's, he's, um, much older now, and I kind of actually just wanted, he was on my bucket list because I didn't want him to die. (laughs) I hope he listens to this, and he's like, Oh, you didn't want me to die, eh? Um, um, <laughs> sorry for the terrible French accent. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so he was on my bucket list, and I was like, well, and I had started Marge's thing, but then I was like, I gotta go uh, explore this. Um, and then when, yeah, it was kind of a combination, starting Marge's and going to clown school, that's when I was like, oh man, I can't not do this. And you know what? If I don't, if I'm not in like, you know, Hollywood mainstream, if I'm just like in a circus somewhere entertaining audiences, I'm okay. But I'm an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to entertain. And I gotta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm in entertainment for a reason. Yeah, I mean, I, this is this is my calling. This is it. So, and were you already part of a clown group out in Los Angeles, or did that birth after France? Um, I was doing clowning here and there here oh, okay. before France, but then when I came back, um, so I ended up spending like months in France, um, and then uh, when I came back, I think and Goyer has such a name to him, and it did sort of. And he did. The clowning did free me up. It freed everything. And then having Marge, Marge's sort of grounding structure mm-hmm. with the freedom of clowning is such a great combo <laughs> for me. Yeah. Personally, it worked for me. Those two combos. Like clowning makes me take risks and doesn't make me afraid to be vulnerable. Um,. And it makes, and it really, Gaulier is so, and clowning also, the big philosophy is to not be boring. <laughs> Didn't you say he always was like, you have to make me laugh or yeah, whatever? Yeah, Every you time do, you step yeah. up. Because, like, think about, like, clowning, right? Clowns. Yes. Are, ma- are there to make you laugh. Yes. <laughs> they pinch their nose and yeah, you love it. Like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, at that time, pinching the nose is funny. Um, but, yeah, like... The, there was like, there's like a 10 second rule, like every 10 seconds, it, if, and you get, as you start practicing clowning more and more, you get really sensitive to the audience and you can feel the audience dip and you can feel the audience rise like energy wise. Mm. And as a clown on stage, you have to, you have to shift with that. 
As soon as you feel the audience dipping, you have to go back. You have to ground yourself. Change the idea. Give a different idea. Or root yourself in the truth of the moment. Like, oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> that stinks. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was very done. like your little brother yeah <laughs> yeah in my show yes yeah. sucks <laughs> so you did marge you did the clowning yeah now what kind of happened after that was that kind of the when you started thinking about your one woman show mm-hmm. yeah because i mentioned your brother i was like maybe we should go ahead and get it oh yeah because you did your brother lovely I've never even met your brother and I feel like I know him so well (laughs) I feel like he represents that character Mm -hmm. I don't want to say my brother because if my brother ever sees it and he's like true it's not me I'm like you did it that's I love pretzels (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to throw them at the audience (laughs) I know pretzels but I feel like that character is such like I feel like everyone like women were like that's my brother and all the men were like, that was me growing up. Like, <laughs> you saw me. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's what's, like, growing up in America. Like, it's, like, repressed rage and boredom mm-hmm. and bad stuff happening to you and trying to, like, deal with it, you know? Yeah. So I feel like it hit a chord with a lot of people that way. Um, and it was rooted in my brother because that's <laughs> he's so American, too. He's that. <laughs> he yeah. Is. He's. Um, so yeah, it was, it's actually, um, the idea for my solo show. So I've been ruminating on the, on the concept of it for a while. Um, my childhood mm-hmm. where, you know, I was in a lot of hot, uh, motorcycle accidents and I spent a lot of time in hospitals. Um, and I wanted to explore how that affected me, like thinking about my limiting beliefs and thinking about my, who I am because of that. Um... And I never quite knew what story, because you know how childhood is. It's memory here, goes away. Memory there, goes away. Here, goes away. And I was like, oh, it doesn't fit into anything, any structure. Then when I clowned, I was like, oh, this is, this is it. <laughs> this is, what better way for a child, child, yeah. uh, childlike art form? Um, and I, I remember sitting like, um, at the river Seine, it's a beautiful river in the middle of Paris. I was drinking hot wine because <laughs> it was fucking cold and <laughs> middle winter in Paris. And I was like, I have to do this theme in a clown show slash like maybe absurd theater, maybe, but it'll fit here. Because I can go one moment, disappear, one moment, disappear. But as long as I'm entertaining. (laughs) You got a show. Yeah. I can take the audience on a ride, on a little ride. So there won't be like a story per se, like with an arc and full on. But it'll be a show. Yeah. And it'll be a great exploration for me. So yeah, that came about in France. And then when I came back. Um, I went to Berlin for a little bit, uh, spent some time with my childhood friend, and oh, I saw some wonderful theater in Berlin. Oh. Yeah, I saw it all in German. Like, you yeah, didn't even German. need to understand it. I didn't, because it felt like, to me, the old 
off-Broadway days in uh, New York where all you had was the play, the, the writing and these fantastic actors. And in Berlin, they're totally like, um, they have rep companies, um, but they're all about the director. The director is the big thing. Like, who's directing it? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So I saw these incredible plays with incredible actors, and I knew exactly what was going on. And he, <laughs> he, it was all in German. And I was like, Ich bin what? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but you're like, that acting is blowing me away. Right. And you don't recognize any of them. They're not movie stars. They're not even Broadway stars. They're just fucking great actors. And they are giving their souls on stage night after night. I mean, that, to top it off, was like... <gasps> what a transformative experience. Yeah. It truly. Truly. I didn't even know. I also, like, uh, kind of freed up with love a little bit out there. And, you know, it was great. It was great. As... One should in Europe. Um, um duh. <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> if you didn't, I'd be like, you need to go back and do it again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I need to, excuse me, have a fling. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was really nice. And then, yeah, and then I got back and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do my thing. I got to do it. So I set up the whole solo show. I started that process and I just stopped thinking. <laughs> and just started doing I just started doing I'm like I don't care what people say I don't care I need to tell this I need to do this and you know I could have gotten all you could have gotten all up in your head with because in clowning there have been these string of solo shows and um, and I never thought about it because I said no thinking but then I heard a couple of people being like oh you know well this person has done solo show, this person done solo show. I'm like, what does that have to do with you? Yeah. I, I don't understand what the thing is. What What's the issue? Because other people are doing solo shows, so you feel like you can't? I said that to Marjorie today. I was like, I'm eating holiday tonight. I'm starting a podcast. I was like, I feel a little bit of an imposter, but I'm going to do it. There's too many inspiring stories I need to be told. And she's like, no one can be you. They can only be different. And it's yes. like, yes, why do we compare ourselves so constantly yeah. when so many other people decide to follow the footsteps of others? Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, no, I'm not succumbing to that. I'm yeah. going to still do it. Yeah. I'm going to do my show. Yeah. And it does require the not thinking. You can't think too much. Mm-hmm. You just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I did not know if it was going to work out. I promise you. I was like. And I was lucky I saw both. I saw your yes, trial saw and trial. Then your main show. Yeah, at the Elysian. And that's still, it's still a work in progress to me, you know? Yeah. It's still very much a work in progress because I feel like I have so much I can still do. And But that's the exciting part. It was entertaining as is, as works in process, you know, progress. Yeah. Because I was pretty ruthless with myself in terms of entertainment while I was crafting it. Of course, I hired great collaborators. Sophia Cleary, who's a wonderful comic and clown um, and performance artist. And then I had Mike Rose, who's a fellow clown, who's brilliant on stage. If so you funny. Come see the show next year when I bring it back to L.A. Um, or this year, later in the fall. Yeah, what um, year is it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, 2023. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
Um, and then, oh, Isaac, uh, my technical tech guy, technical director. I mean, everyone, Chad, Damiani, who's been such a root for me in the clown community and, and the clown community as a general, they're incredible people. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty like, I was, I was, I was ruthless while creating it. Like, and me and Sophia, Sophia has also studied with Bolia and stuff. I mean, with anyone clowning, you have a pretty, sh- like, ruthless eye for entertain. Like, is it getting boring? <laughs> if it's getting boring, let's change. Like, is it dipping? Is the audience in it? Is it, you know, it's really, like, uh, yeah, it's pretty, you gotta be hard on yourself while creating. Like, I think, I think that's the hard part. I think, and that's the part you should enjoy. Mm-hmm. You should enjoy being like, is this good enough? Ah, but it should be in a positive way, not like, I suck. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Right, right. Like, it should be in a positive way. Like, like you're saying, is this good enough because you're trying to get curious and see where else it can go, how much deeper it can go, yeah. versus, like, scrapping it and starting over and never getting anywhere with it. No, no, that's not what right. I meant. I meant, like, uh, yeah, and trying it out or doing... some right. people. Some people like doing it live and trying it and shaping it and honing it and crafting it. And everyone's a craftsman, right. you know? And so you do have to be dedicated and ruthless with yourself when you're crafting. I mean, I mean, like with any other f- form of art or work, I mean, a carpenter's not... If you're building a shitty table, it's going to be a shitty table. <laughs> true. Right? Very true, yes. If a surgeon is performing surgery, <laughs> they're not hardcore about it. It's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> bad situation. Get out. Get out. Yeah. You're yeah. going to get sued for hurting a life, right? <laughs> like, I'm saying this acting is not high stakes like that, but why not? Why not? Yeah. But do it in a positive way. Don't, you know? It's like anytime, and Marge instills that in us, you know? Mar- mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at a script and you have to say, why am I f- fucking saying this line? Yeah. And why did they say that line? Did I do something for them to say that line? What and you know how she always talks about the experience mm-hmm. too. Um, same and in a way with clowning as well. If you're not having joy, uh, and I'm not talking about joy as in ha ha happy happy joy joy. I'm talking about deep pleasure <laughs> in the scene as you're doing the scene. Pleasure in the in exposing yourself or your truth or whatever, what have you, ah, audience can feel it. And they're like, they don't like what they're doing right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You can totally tell. Whether it's in clowning or it's acting, where whatever performer, it's a performance-based thing. If the performer is doesn't have their soul in it, you can tell. You can. Yeah. You feel it, especially live. Oh my God, especially live. Especially live. Oh. The energy just gets sucked out of the room. Oh my God. I think also clowning did help me with trust. Mm. The longer you sit in your failure up there on stage, (laughs) when no one is laughing at your brilliant idea (laughs) that you presented. (laughs) You're like, I'm not wrong here, you're wrong. Yeah. The more you're like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you're humbled all at once. 
and uh, you then learn to hold your ground in failure on stage in front of everyone. And that, I think, is a constant practice with clowning. Um, and, yeah, it's really wonderful if you see some great clowns. Like, you can see, whoa, you can't take, you know, the, the expression, you can't take your eyes off of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can't take your eyes off of them because they are there. And you're just like, what are they going to do next? Yeah. Like, you're on that journey with them. And yeah. you just want to soak in all the little details that they're giving you. Yeah. They, you, I love that. You don't know. They don't know what they're going to do next. They truly don't. Because and you feel that. And you're like, ah, yeah. we're, we're in it together, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really thrilling. It's really incredible. That's cool. Yeah. I might have to go take a clowning class. Oh, my gosh. Please. Get free. Yeah. And, you know, it's an art form. So, it's like. Uh, yeah, but it does, I think it's, it's about that trust. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's so funny now I kind of like, am feeling different. Um, I'm getting, you know, with that practice and, you know, I still never fucking know what I'm doing. Never. But it's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's always great. You can always tell when an actor is like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but they do. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, I think you're lying. <laughs> you're full of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even me, right? Like, I always know when I actually don't know what I'm about to do, which is awesome. Or I'm going to control something. And mm -hmm. I know I'm going to not have a good performance. So you want to stay in that element of surprise yeah to constantly surprise yourself and that uh, that might fuel that joy and that yeah. excitement yeah. the motor to keep the scene alive yeah versus control and it kind of dulls and dims it yeah yeah and I think like yeah totally how, how you just worded it <laughs> like, I was inspired yeah, by you yeah, yeah. no it that's exactly it and like you know uh it is, like, nerve-wracking in a way. And I do need to actually personally need to get better at that just so I can sustain myself longevity-wise. But I know that that's a normal thing for for performers to get really nervous. And I remember once um, someone in Goliath's class, someone asked him, like, what if you get really nervous and you freeze? And he's like, uh. <laughs> Another French accent coming. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, he's like, uh, what you do is you take a glass uh, like this big and you pour a full glass of red wine right before you go on stage. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, just take a shot of tequila and go on stage. What are you, what are you asking me right now? <laughs> <laughs> you came here to entertain. You entertain. Yeah. He's, Get rid of the nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Drink a shot. Have a shot of tequila. Drink some. Drink a glass of red wine. <laughs> do what you need to do. Um, yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, I do. I sometimes before Marge's class, I need a shot of tequila. I get so nervous. Oh, I definitely, yeah, definitely get nervous. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about this year because you have so many exciting things coming up. Yeah. You just wrapped a guest star role. That's right. Can we say what it's on? The Rookie. And then you're going to go to New York 
for yes. your writing, but you're yes. also acting. Or are you just writing? Um, I haven't decided yet because of schedule. Okay. However, I am writing um, the play. It's a play. Yeah, co-writing the play uh, with two other colleagues in the same company I told you that I started like years ago when I was in New York. Yes. At Taya Artistry. Um, and they we got a grant at the New Ohio. It's a beautiful theater downtown. Um, and it's a play on race, uh, which has been, uh, wow, um, to go, go into and create with this company. Um, so yeah, and it's really, 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 I mean, I have work to do this week. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing that is terrifying to see Mm -hmm. if it will, who knows what will happen. But it, yeah, it, it's been really intense and and yeah, it's been a roller coaster to like really explore this. And I'm trying to keep it limited. I'm again trying not to think mm-hmm. and just do and write truthfully, you know. And a little bird told me you might be going to French Fest. Yes, and I'm going to take the solo show until death. My solo show is called Until Death. Uh, to Edinburgh in August. Yeah. That's going to be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> like that's... Yeah. That's the dream. Yeah, I mean... That's, and that's awesome. Yeah. For performing live like 28 days in a row. And that show, she, you've seen the show. Yeah. It's going to be... I'm, pre- I'm mentally preparing for it. And I also joined a gym, by the way, which is huge. <laughs> Let me just tell you this is the most important thing you want to know about me right now in this podcast is that I joined a gym. This is how much I love this craft. If you talk to my family, <laughs> my friends, and they're like, you joined Equinox? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I did, my friends, and I'm working out. Mostly She's to prepare. Mostly to prepare for the show. For stamina. Because uh, clowns are pretty athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a phys- it's physical comedy, a lot of physical comedy. So, you know, to sustain myself night after night, and mentally, physically, and you know, I'm always like down to do really stupid things <laughs> that might I might hurt myself, <laughs> but hopefully not. Knock on wood. <laughs> no, we don't want you to hurt no, yourself. No hurting myself. But that will be a ride, and I hope that I get to have you back on the podcast to talk about that, because I need to hear everything. Yeah, I know. Or maybe I just need to start saving up money so I can get out to French Fest Uh, in Scotland. All you need is one, what, guest star? Yeah. Boom. I need a guest star, then I can go to French Fest. Yeah. A flight to Scotland is how much? I have no idea. 500, 600 bucks. Really? Is that it? I feel like any plane ticket is around $500. <laughs> I feel like you have a very skewed view on what plane tickets cost. No. Like, every time I try to book a plane ticket, it's like $500. I don't care if I'm going to Santa Barbara, which is an hour away, or I'm going to New York, or to Atlanta, or I'm going to France. It's 500 bucks. I kid you not, I don't understand. It's like another life thing that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Um well, thank you so much yeah. for chatting with me. That oh was such gosh. a lovely, inspiring conversation. Oh, I hope so. 
gosh. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm, I am going to sleep well like you would listening to podcasts at night, just like dreaming yeah. of your stories. <laughs> uh, so I end every podcast with a little passing of the note mm-hmm. from my previous guest and Kelly Tebow, who you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Was my first guest on the podcast, but she wanted me to pass you <clears throat> a little, her, a little quote that was one of her favorites. Okay. No one is going to hand you the life you want. You have to go after it. And what I think is really cool about that is that's literally what you're doing. And everything that's coming up, you're about to go after it yourself. You've created it for yourself. Yeah. And you have just become... It's just so cool watching you bloom as an artist. (laughs) Oh, God. She said I bloom. I got it in there. (laughs) Like a tulip. In the sun. Well, no, I want to be like one of those everlasting flowers. Oh, well, actually, my name means lotus. <gasps> well, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just be me. <laughs> <laughs> just be you. You're the lotus. Yes. Wow, that's so cool. It just kind of wraps up like everything that you're doing like, yeah, for yourself. And totally. I hope it's like a reminder that you're on the right path. Oh, gosh. A little nod to that. Yeah, truly. I need those nods. <laughs> so before we sign off, yes. uh, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yes. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's where I sort of am more active um, when I am active. And it's Nalls Barkley. Um, N-A-L-S-B-A-R-K-L-E-Y. I've never had to spell that out before. That was ridiculous. <laughs> oh my gosh, mine's even worse. They have all the O's and I's. Oh yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I should just change it. But I just like all my O's and I's. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's and if they're in New York, what are the dates in New York if you're in New York? Oh my gosh. Show? Okay, yes. Yeah. So Nalls Barkley, that's where I update all my creative life and sometimes goof around. Um Let's see. So, if you're in New York, I have a play that I co-wrote that is premiering. Um, May 5th, previews begin, and it goes through May 27th at the New Ohio Theater in the West Village. Yay! And then in August, August 4th through the 26th, um, I am going to be doing my solo show at the Edinburgh Fringe at Surgeon's Hall. Woo! Lots of chances to see Nalls Bockley. Yes, (laughs) Nalls Bockley. I love you. Love you. High five. High five. Thank you so much for listening to Notes with Friends, hosted by me, Jody Moore Lewis. Please like and subscribe. It will help boost the show in the charts. I'd also like to give a big shout out to my brother, Robopop, for my music. Please stay tuned for next week. We have another fun episode coming at you, another intimate conversation with not an actor this time. So that's exciting. Stay tuned. Catch you next week. Bye-bye.